the author's preface of the d'artagnan romances volume one the three musketeers this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. in which it is proved that notwithstanding their names ending in os and is the heroes of the story which we are about to have the honor to relate to our readers have nothing mythological about them a short time ago while making researches in the royal library for my history of louis the fourteenth i stumbled by chance upon the memoirs of monsieur d'artagnan printed as were most of the works of that period in which authors could not tell the truth without the risk of a residence more or less long in the bastille at amsterdam by pierre rouge the title attracted me i took them home with me with the permission of the guardian and devoured them it is not my intention here to enter into analysis of this curious work and i shall satisfy myself with referring such of my readers as appreciate the pictures of the period to its pages they will therein find portraits penciled by the hand of a master and although these squibs may be for the most part traced upon the doors of barracks and the walls of cabarets they will not find the likenesses of louis the thirteenth and of austria richelieu mazarin and the courtiers of the period less faithful than in the history of monsieur antquetil but it is well known what strikes the capricious mind of the poet is not always what affects the mass of readers now while admiring as others doubtless will admire the details we have to relate our main preoccupation concerned a matter to which no one before ourselves had given a thought d'artagnan relates that on his first visit to monsieur de treville captain of the king's musketeers he met in the antechamber three young men serving in the illustrious corps into which he was soliciting the honor of being received bearing the names of athos porthos and aramis we must confess these three strange names struck us and it immediately occurred to us that they were but pseudonyms under which d'artagnan had disguised names perhaps illustrious or else that the bearers of these borrowed names had themselves chosen them on the day in which from caprice discontent or want of fortune they had donned the simple musketeer's uniform from that moment we had no rest till we could find some trace in contemporary works of these extraordinary names which had so strongly awakened our curiosity the catalogue alone of the books we read with this object would fill a whole chapter which although it might be very instructive would certainly afford our readers but little amusement it will suffice then to tell them that at the moment at which discouraged by so many fruitless investigations we were about to abandon our search we at length found guided by the counsels of our illustrious friend paulin paris a manuscript in folio endorsed four seven seven two or four seven seven three we do not recollect which having for title memoirs of the comte de la fere touching some events which passed in france toward the end of the reign of king louis the thirteenth and the commencement of the reign of king louis the fourteenth it may easily be imagined how great was our joy when in turning over this manuscript our last hope we found at the twentieth page the name of athos at the twenty-seventh the name of porthos and at the thirty-first the name of aramis 
the discovery of a completely unknown manuscript at a period in which historical sciences carried to such a high degree appeared almost miraculous we hastened therefore to obtain permission to print it with the view of presenting ourselves some day with the pack of others at the doors of the academy de inscription et belletta if we should not succeed a very probable thing by the by in gaining admission to the Académie Française with our own proper pack. This permission, we feel bound to say, was graciously granted, which compels us here to give a public contradiction to the slanderers who pretend that we live under a government but moderately indulgent to men of letters. Now, this is the first part of the precious manuscript which we offer to our readers, restoring it to the title which belongs to it, and entering into an engagement that if— of which we have no doubt, this first part should obtain the success it merits, we will publish the second immediately. In the meanwhile, as the godfather is a second father, we beg the reader to lay to our account, and not to that of the Comte de la Fere, the pleasure or the ennui he may experience. This being understood, let us proceed with our history. End of the author's preface. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.